Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Without Insanity podcast, focusing on how you can manage cyber risks and regulations without losing your sanity. I'm Sam Glynn, and in this week's news, uh, it's a bank holiday weekend here in Ireland, and for some very strange reason, the sun is also out. So I was planning to keep this week's Cyber 321 list uh, pretty lighthearted. But now that I look at the list uh, about insider threats, 16,000 victims of cyber fraud and warnings about our children becoming money mules, I'm not so sure. But anyway, I hope it's sunny wherever you are. So let's get into it. First up, how's this for employee loyalty? An English company was the victim of a ransomware attack. But to add to their woes, a staff member then took advantage of the situation by trying to get the company to pay a ransom to them. According to a report by Naked Security, the business was hit by ransomware in 2018. While working with both the company and the police to deal with the attack, the perpetrator, Ashley Lills, turned on his colleagues by editing emails from the cyber gang so the Bitcoin addresses included in those emails and had been listed for the ransomware payments were edited so that they were the addresses controlled by him. Then he used his inside knowledge of the firm to send more believable and threatening emails to his employer to increase the likelihood that a ransom would be paid. He was caught when the system logs recording his activities were reviewed by somebody else. The key takeaway here is that if you have a cyber instant response plan, does it assume that every internal staff member is 100% trustworthy? The second article this week is that 16,000 Irish victims had €40 million taken from them by criminals who made phone calls using the iSpoof.cc website. This site made the calls look like they were coming from banks, delivery companies, toll operators, the Gardaí, which is the Irish Police Force, and the HSE, which is the Irish National Health Service. According to a recent report in the Irish Independent, up to 300 suspects used the site to make 10 million calls to con innocent people around the world. The English operator of the website, who apparently earned £2 million sterling from the site, has now been jailed for 13 years. And six people uh, within Ireland have also been arrested. If we just do some back-of-the-envelope calculations here, there is about 5 million people in Ireland. So if there were 16,000 victims... That means one in every 300 people in this country were fraud victims because of this one service. Or to put it another way, there was a big hurling match on in Limerick last weekend, my old hometown, where Limerick beat Cork, and it was attended by about 49,000 people. So within that crowd, there could have been 163 fraud victims of this one uh, website service. So this was not a small scale scam. Apparently, the number of fraud calls dropped by 90% in the weeks after the site was shut down. But unfortunately, similar services have now popped up elsewhere. So the scourge of spoof calls and text messages will continue. The key takeaway here is that, as I mentioned last week, we need to be politely paranoid. If a call or message is dire, urgent or too good to be true, it's likely to be a scam. And the last news story this week is not particularly positive either, and that is that police in Ireland have warned the public, particularly young people, not to become money mules. 
A money mule is someone who allows their bank account to be used by a criminal. The criminal uses the account to launder the proceeds of crime, including cybercrime, for example, invoice fraud. The criminal will transfer money into the account and then instruct the account holder to transfer the money elsewhere. In return, the owner of the bank account is promised a fee. According to a recent report in the journal, this is often seen as easy money, but Gardaí want to warn them that there could be implications for the account holders if they get involved in this scam. And those who do get involved could end up being charged with fraud themselves, even if they don't receive the fee that they were promised. The problem with being charged and convicted with this type of offence is that it can have serious life-changing implications for students especially, including difficulty opening up new bank accounts and being banned from travelling to certain countries such as the United States. I had a look through my archive and I discussed the problem a couple of years ago when the Gardaí reported that about 1,000 people in Ireland were under investigation at that time. So the key takeaway here is that we need to make sure our family members and their friends understand that allowing someone else to use their bank account may be easy, but it will make things very difficult for them in the future. In terms of the other things that I've been talking about this week, on Monday I said that I don't particularly know you, but I think I can read your mind. And that is, you're worried about a cyber attack and you may also be worried about regulatory compliance. But you're already up to your eyes with your real job. As a result, you've been reluctant to even think about your current cybersecurity defences because you know deep down that there are things that need to be improved. And that would mean more work for you. And you don't have the time to deal with it. So that's led to inaction. And yet you know deep down that your inaction could blow up in your face. So why do I know this? That's because most of the people I help were in exactly the same situation. So it's a reminder that you're unique, just like everyone else. On Wednesday then, um, I talked about whether you could guess what the biggest threat to your cybersecurity might be. The biggest threat may not actually be a cyber attacker hacking into your systems because there are things that we can do to reduce the likelihood and impact of such an event. And the biggest threat may not be a staff member being fooled by a phishing email because, again, there are things we can do to reduce the likelihood and impact of that kind of event. And finally, the biggest threat may not be a third-party service provider screwing up and failing to protect your data because, again, there are things we can do to reduce the likelihood and impact of such an event. So do you give up? Well, the biggest threat to your cybersecurity may, in fact, be you. Why is that? Well... If you're accountable for your firm's cybersecurity but don't have enough time to do anything about it, you could be the reason why your firm's security defences are not assessed and not strengthened. And these defences may currently not be strong enough to defend against a cyber attack. If an attack happens, there's no point in telling your boss then that you never had the time to assess your defences. So I recommend that you either tell them now so they're forced to either accept the risks or help you to reduce them. Or you forever hold your peace and hope that your silence doesn't come back to bite you. And on that note, that's it for this week. Until next time, take care.